Welcome back, listeners, for Circulating Space's 12th and final episode, The Visual Languages of Storytelling. With our guests, and we have three guests with us today, Upamanyu Bhattacharya, Isha Mangalmurthy, and Kalp Sangli. Circulating Spaces is a podcast dedicated to exploring what it means to engage with literature as a global community. Coming at you from the University of Virginia and the Public Humanities Lab, generously funded by the Institute of the Humanities and Global Cultures. Subscribe to the podcast via iTunes. I'm Ankita Chakrabarti. My incredible co-host, Christian Howard, will not be able to join us today since I'm recording from Kolkata, India, which is where I've been spending the summer. You're being missed very much, Christian. All right, so let me introduce our guests, Upamanyu, Isha, and Kalp. Recent graduates from the National Institute of Design, they have trained in animation and have since been working on some incredible projects. They've worked on animated short films for the Wildlife Trust of India, for, the, for feature films, web series, sitcoms, and a lot more. Welcome to the show. Hey, thank, thank you. you. Thank you. All right, so we're just going <laughs> to jump right in. Upamanyu and Kalp also, I think, you graduated from the National Institute of Design in 2014, right? In 15. 15. I was in 14. 14 and Sisha in 2017. So not a very long time ago. And you guys have been wonderfully prolific since then. So um, tell us a little bit about your artistic trajectory so far and what got you interested in animation? Go. Go for it. So I joined NID thinking I would go to product design. So all my education till then had been completely directed towards that, taking electronics in 11, 12th and like building a base to do product design because I was really interested in going for automobile design and things like that. And then the first year of college, we uh, got to attend Chitrakatha, which is the college animation fest. And uh, I got to meet so many people at that fest and just like getting exposed to this whole new side of animation which you barely get to know about otherwise all you're thinking about is Disney and you know the mainstream stuff so yeah I think that really intrigued me and uh, completely changed my trajectory and uh, yeah that year I just decided to go for it because yeah I mean I could just feel that pull from animation (laughs) yeah <clears throat> and that was it that landed in animation. Mm-hmm. And what about you guys? I mean, I've wanted to do animation since the dawn of lucid thought, really. So, uh, so like, when it finally did turn out that there was an institute uh, in India that allows it, uh, I, I decided to try for it. And I didn't try for very much else. And so it's very good that I got in. Uh but even then, like in the first year, you're supposed to do general studies, like general studies of design, drawing, design thinking, so on and so forth, which I may have rebelled against slightly. And I got a lot of shade from my faculty for that because <laughs> all I wanted to do was animate really. It's like, let me add it. So, yeah, there's no there's no turning point in that for me. Like, there's no moment like as, as long as I can remember it's what I wanted to do as long as I, I, I maybe as soon as I discovered that it's something that grown people get paid to do I was like yeah that so, I think I think Chitragada <laughs> did that for me yeah. where I, I felt so <laughs> confident about animation because till then you're just always told ki, there's no future in this or like 
you know what is this weird industry why do you want to enter that they're right, not going to yeah. earn anything so go for something which will pay you well uh-huh. cuz everyone's always after your salary and after your pack- what package are you getting what package are you getting mm-hmm. and here it's like nope <laughs> yeah and like no one talks about this side of it mm-hmm. but yeah we'll get into it so for me um i would like long back in school i would wake up and i would be glued to the tv and mm-hmm. cartoon network was the first thing i would see literally so i would just see it then and then eventually i started thinking about it and then i tried to figure out how this is actually done mm-hmm. how do they do this and then i realized they draw and i like drawing <laughs> <laughs> and then i would just think the sheer possibility of this medium is just so vast and insane that you could literally do anything mm-hmm. that just was very fascinating for me and i like picked up a bunch of things while i was in school extra curricular wise and then i drawing was the only thing i stuck to by the end of it so i was like this is something i want to do i can't do sciences or i can't sort of do accounts but this is something i want to do and then i i think in my 9th or 10th grade i heard about nid and my uncle was visiting from gujarat so he told me about the place and then i was like whoa this exists and it was quite late i found about <clears throat> this and then unfortunately the first time i applied i did not get through so i went to another college for a year and then i was actually getting quite comfortable there but i gave it another try mm-hmm. and fortunately it worked out mm-hmm. and i was really happy <laughs> that i got through and looking at all the people there and the exposure i got in the first year and again the festival that isha just said chitragata it was insane the amount of people from all over the world the work they're doing and the different varieties of work coming out and the people i met and spoke to that just inspired me to just mm-hmm. literally do it go for it mm-hmm. so i think that was it yeah so i was i really wanted to draw and then once you start looking at something you've done and then you put it together and then even if it's if it takes days to just do one second of animation but once you look at it you feel Mm-hmm. happy and feels amazing right, by the yeah. end of it so yeah that was it okay so um who would you say are your inspirations are there any specific artistic traditions that you draw upon in your work or you know like people you really um try to emulate in your work or you really look up to um i think uh, at this point it's more like everything you're always especially with social media and the internet you're always surrounded by so much content that everything you're looking at or interacting with inspires at least for me personally it inspires me in some other other way like i'll watch something today and i'll be like oh my god that looks beautiful i need to make something like that mm-hmm. and then i'll see something else tomorrow and it'll be like that's crazy too <laughs> i need to make something like that yeah. and it sort of all just like comes together with your own style and it you can see that in the work that you create mm-hmm. but a lot of influences just around us also growing up folk art like learning indian folk art was a major part of uh, my growing up like uh, patachitra or varli uh, painting and madhubani all these played a big role so the way i used to draw was heavily inspired by that growing up along with weird combinations of uh, uh inspiration from disney again or manga for that matter like just everything that was mm-hmm. around and i think it shows that everything just like comes together and with your own practice you build your own style mm-hmm. 
Yeah, and animation really gives you that freedom, right? Like yeah. You literally do, like, what you want, what exactly. you want, right? Yeah. And what about you guys? Uh, for me, I, again, my earliest influences were uh, Warner Brothers, Looney Tunes, Hanna-Barbera shows, and then Disney. And then I was just fascinated how, how everything was so smooth and amazing and clean. Mm-hmm. And then I got into NID and I looked at a lot of uh, work, independent. independent work, a lot of works from our seniors, the way they drew, the way it was animated. I thought it doesn't have to be clean every time. I mean, it can... It, the strokes really matter, the lines matter, it doesn't have to be perfect and clean. And then, again, uh, I think in uh, my second or third year, uh, when we were doing I think, character design and animation courses, I was heavily, I started watching all the Miyazaki films, the Japanese anime films. Movies. Again, the <laughs> amount of detail that went in that was yeah. just, it just opened up another... Like gate in my brain and I was like oh this is possible it was insane and again that was definitely something I <laughs> wanted to do something like that but again <clears throat> that was the Japanese anime style and I it was, wasn't my style mm-hmm. and even if I sort of wanted to do that I, I wouldn't be that good at it because I the way I'm drawn it wasn't like that mm-hmm. then again in my f- final year when I was doing my uh, diploma film the final graduation film I looked at a lot of local art because my this, my my story was based locally in Calcutta mm-hmm. so I think even Upamanyu helped me out with a lot of references and artists where uh, say Tagore's paintings then Ganesh Mind and all of these local artists really helped me to bring the local flavor into the character design and the way everything looks in the animation so mm-hmm. that was a that was helpful Mm-hmm. That really helped me get something local with which the people locally would connect to. Mm-hmm. Because if, say, if I wanted to sort of make a character and show it to the local people here, and if I sort of did a Western thing, they would probably not connect. So I think mm-hmm. this was a good way to sort of connect with them. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. yeah, I agree with that. Because uh, if, you, if you just uh, scar through the festival listings around the world, like at any given point, you, you'll find filmmakers from everywhere like from every corner in the world and they make films of such visual specificity like it can't have come from anywhere else mm-hmm. and and while you do grow up copying a certain kind of work and everything begins to kind of run into each other after a point you're like you do come to this point where you ask shouldn't what I make belong and mm-hmm. for me in particular I think I think belonging is the first thing that any piece of work needs to do it has to be of a space of a time and and that, that's what makes it last that's what yeah, makes context. it yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah very important okay so now tell us about the process for you know our listeners and also for me I don't really know how how this you know all of this happens so how does an animated short get made just very briefly I think you should start with <laughs> what the doctor told you that day oh right right, right. Yeah. <laughs> and then we can actually get into yeah, it yeah I, I guess uh, the this thing the hospital director. yeah 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 so I was explaining uh, so my mom is a doctor and I was explaining what I do very casually to the hospital director who's like a cancer doctor many many years and I, I suspect that's all he like truly understands and he understands it very well and I was exp- I was explaining so in animation what we do is we take a drawing 
then we draw it again with a slight increment, then we draw it again with a slight increment, and then we make about 12 to 24 of those drawings, and then we play them really fast, and then it becomes movement. So he asks me with absolute genuine concern, you think that's a good idea? <laughs> As if he's like, you must be doing it wrong. You must, they, like, there, there must <laughs> be another way of doing it. Are you torturing yourself? <laughs> yeah, that's so, I mean, it by definition, and even while we're working, it is often, like, on paper, a very counterintuitive process. Like, it's a very, like, you know... Elaborate and any... So, of course, it starts with the writing. Always, like, and, and I think that's a at least in in our education and in particular that was something that I felt was a little undervalued and has to be written well first mm-hmm. uh, before even the first drawing is made yeah. that, that's something I really believe in and so like and, and of course behind that like you, you pick a story you want to tell you, you think of something that's going to light your fire for at least two years mm-hmm. as, as you undergo the process and you have to read extensively about it. You have to find as much speaking and writing as there is possible as possible on that subject, and then then you move into the actual nuts and bolts of animating it. Which okay. like yeah, then come the you know the three steps. There's pre-production, production, and post-production. So once you have your uh, script in place, you turn it into a storyboard or a rough planning, basically of how the whole film is going to flow and uh, time it according to the sound or whatever dialogues you have and see how uh, how much time it's taking, how what's the duration coming to mm-hmm. and everything. And then once you've logged that down, you start animating. So you take each shot and then mm-hmm. like he said, 12 or 24 <laughs> drawings per yeah. uh, <laughs> second and yeah, you animate each shot, uh, you make the backgrounds and then comes post where you put it all together, yeah. putting the backgrounds and the animation mm-hmm. together. And yeah, that's pretty really so, much it. The way I like to think of it is just like, uh, and this is something that helps other people understand the why, uh, why we do things uh, like like this is that we're allowed to, as animators, we're allowed to get interested in anything, and just as a just as someone who's studying a subject gets to turn it into a thesis or turn it into a dissertation or something like that, we get to put our feelings and opinions and our research and everything together and turn it into a film. And then we can move on to one thing. Like, it can be conflict on day one, human stories on in year two. Mm-hmm. You can move on to pure science fiction mm-hmm. and, like, really explore. Yeah, I feel like our discipline is so vast that we literally get to do everything in the sense, say, we want to make a film on... Uh, like a scientific fiction sci-fi so we would probably talk to a physicist or or anyone to basically to do with that discipline and Mm -hmm. you get to know so much about that you don't know Mm -hmm. and the next day you get to talk to if you want to make a film about say like tigers that we've been doing we literally researched into that go to a zoo and draw a tiger talk Mm -hmm. to conservationists talk to vets talk to people who are sort of forest rangers who go out and do it so mm-hmm. I think every film has a separate topic and we get to literally know about everything mm-hmm. which is amazing I feel yeah. it's not limiting at all it's so vast it's literally everything under the yeah, I mean, the animation yeah. itself is maybe like a small part of it but yeah. what we're really in the business of is just being interested in mm-hmm. everything, everything. <laughs> and yeah. showing people that this too is interesting like 
that's yeah. that's the business we're in. Really. Yeah, that's like I did not take a bio, so I thought I would never probably see a sort of a dead body and sort of look at it and dissect it. But we in a, in college we had something. We had a, a little uh, series which had to do with a girl who was uh, a daughter of a guy who worked at a morgue. So that was a st- that was a concept. So we literally went to the medical college. We mm-hmm. sketched. We looked at human waste. We saw dead bodies, right. and then like we spoke to the doctors there. So like that was another thing I had no clue about, and like mm-hmm. now I know things a little bit about it. But yeah. so yeah, possibilities. It's just a window to to everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, you, you need meet, you need that kind of mean, research yeah. to get it, get that level of detail that yeah. you're talking about. And like it needs to be a little legit, otherwise. Anyone can right, do okay. it. Needs to, Tom yeah, and Jerry. Because Tom and Jerry is legit. Jerry is great. It is amazing. Yeah. And uh, we, we've already started talking a little bit about this. Um, but as a student of literature, I'm personally very interested in how narrative works in animation. And I hope that we'll talk more about this later uh, when we discuss the short film that you're currently working on. So how would you say that you interpret storytelling through animation? Hmm. <laughs> it's not every day you're asked to like put that in words. Yeah, that's what like, <laughs> you kind of just do it on a daily yeah. basis, but no. No, I mean, you were talking about this that you know the writing has to happen first, hmm. and then you yeah. have a story. Correct, yeah. yeah, but how does that happen, really? Um, as so as I think animators. for Wade, especially, I'll, I'll get into specifics mm-hmm. for this film that we're doing. Wade, we both of us actually this one morning we looked at an article on Telegraph, on the newspaper, mm-hmm. about the Goramara village uh, the island mm-hmm. which is drowning and people like families and families have been displaced and they have to leave so that was the starting point for us mm-hmm. that climate change is real and it's started it's mm-hmm. affecting families it's affecting hundreds Correct. of people now, so. now on a day to day basis that article is just information mm-hmm. to anyone else who reads it but again our job there is to it has to start from an extremely strong feeling yeah, mm-hmm. so what now so is it is it fear is it love is it anger amusement is it anger That's towards really something to so it has to feeling is yeah. it has to be born in yeah. extreme feeling uh-huh. and again extreme feeling because if you remember how counterintuitive this process is mm-hmm. you're going to give your your health and your sanity and your <laughs> life in general to mm-hmm. to that particular feeling so it better be strong mm-hmm. It can't be a non-committal. Yeah. yeah. I guess this is an okay idea. Yeah. <laughs> like you, it's something it you shot. have to really. Yeah. And again, that's that's what makes it so authorial. That like, mm-hmm. it you can only make good films about the things that you really believe in and really feel, and that's again a function of who you are and where mm-hmm. you're from. So, I guess if people tap into that first. Mm-hmm. Like people get annoyed when you know you're told to uh, make what you know, make what you know. But like, as in that's I, I think that's just a starting point. Like, make mm-hmm. what you know in terms of like you can eventually know anything mm-hmm. if you if you're interested enough. Mm-hmm. So yeah, like personally, I am uh, more driven towards telling non-fiction non-fictional stories through mm-hmm. my work, using animation as a tool to tell real life stories which often cannot be documented through uh, cameras through photography so the film I am currently working on is about doctor humanitarians so doctors who go to war zones mm-hmm. and work with people there and 
then once their job is done they leave and go to some other place and do the same thing over and over and over again mm-hmm. so just you know like each project would be 3 to 6 months and then they're in a whole new place and doing the same thing again mm-hmm. with complete strangers and this was something that moved me personally a lot because uh, the year when I, i started making the film uh, around 2 years back when the situation in syria was extremely severe which it still is but mm-hmm. at that time you know and a lot of like a lot of it was in the news and there were just like stories every day mm-hmm. day after day and I, i couldn't think about anything else and mm-hmm. i wanted to talk about that and yeah this was how i saw it talking about uh, or like talking to people who are trying to you know make a difference there or who are, who are actually going to the site and seeing what the whole situation is like so i got in touch with doctors without borders and i went and like i spoke to the doctors who have actually been there then i'm trying to tell their story through my film so mm-hmm. i think like he said it's something that really moves you and then that's the starting point and then you start writing and then fleshing it out and eventually something <laughs> yeah, comes the, out there's the, rest of the story whether you however you choose to structure it you can be linear or you can be non linear about it but just as literature it just has to first serve as a vessel for that initial mm-hmm. emotion and you have to be fully cognizant of what you want it to do to the people who will mm-hmm. process it later yeah. so and and then then you have your tools like film language and graphic language and all of that which are known to help mm-hmm. that achieve that end but as as the author of the work is concerned yeah like you have to first be in full cognizance of the feeling and that's something i feel personally is a little uh, underspoken in terms of in in fields like animation and cinema which can get so technical even mm-hmm. even writing for that matter you can get caught up in the technicalities of right, writing yeah. and Specifics, but, yeah, mm-hmm. but yeah. I love that the the feeling really is what gets the process going. Um okay so let's let's talk about the status of animation in India. I'm a huge fan of animated movies, but I've watched very few in Indian animation films. Um so what according to you are the challenges facing animation projects in India? How easy or difficult has it been to work in animation in in this country? Mm, I think the way animation industry grew in India is very different from a lot of first world countries mm-hmm. say america or uh, any country in europe mm-hmm. uh, over here all the focus when animation came to india was on getting the job done like mm-hmm. you know just uh, work would come in like uh, would be outsourced to india for uh, getting things done for lower prices mm-hmm. and people would just sit day and night coloring and lighting and finishing frames and sending it back so mm-hmm. a lot of studios which i think initially came up would uh, get into that kind of work there were very few uh, filmmakers who would actually go and make short films or indian content for that mm-hmm. matter which uh, i think is now changing slowly with the again coming back to internet and social media mm-hmm. and like just these platforms that we have now make it so much easier to put your work out and i think that is changing the whole scene a lot where a lot more people are feeling more confident about making their own content making original stuff feeling confident about making something that's indian and not mm-hmm. not something that's copied from yeah american stuff or from uh, yeah or Amer- mm-hmm. uh, japanese stuff for that matter mm-hmm. so 
yeah, I think it's a good time to be an animator here. That's wonderful to hear. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I feel this, like, right now is the time to literally be here because it's exploding. I mean, mm-hmm. uh, while after, say, my after my final year in college, we, I was figuring out what to do. <clears throat> and I spoke to a lot of people, faculty, seniors, students, uh, batchmates. And then I finally came to a conclusion where, I mean, you can either get into a corporate, get a decent package and work, and then just be unsatisfied with the work that there is, or go to a studio in Bombay who will not pay you, and you will literally not be able to live. <laughs> it's just insane. But the third option was create opportunity yourself. And yeah. uh, basically, I think like our collective, there are hundreds of other artists and collective who are making original content. And right now, the the streaming media is just exploding. And there's so much, there's so many places to put your stuff out there. That's uh, that's really helping. Mm-hmm. And there's so much happening now that I think opportunity-wise, India is like a gold mine, and there's so much happening. So I think right now awareness is has been slowly going up. People know what animation is. It's just not it's just not cartoon. It's mm-hmm. a filmmaking medium for yeah. adults and children and mm-hmm. everyone. Mm-hmm. So I think right now is like a, it's an amazing time to be here. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's so much of that. It's so much easier to connect with people and collaborate. Like right. uh, we came together as a collective. Yeah, as we luckily fought. I was very fortunate to have these guys mm-hmm. with me in college, mm-hmm. and it just worked out. Yeah, yeah um, we're gonna talk we, about the the collective yeah, yeah. aspect of it later. So, uh, but we're yeah, gonna get beyond that, that also, like getting people. Uh, finding people right. on the other side of the country uh-huh. and getting them all the way here to mm-hmm. work with us. So just everything's just so much easier now. Mm-hmm. I feel like five years back, this would have been so much tougher mm-hmm. to do. Uh, just finding people who are, who want to do similar work mm-hmm. or would be interested in doing something yeah. that we are doing, you know. And it's just so much easier now. You put one thing out, right? On, and also, like like Kalp said, that this is because it's like sort of still nascent. I mean, yeah. there's there isn't a ton of pressure, right? Yeah. It's like you can just explore and do whatever you want. <laughs> I, I mean, you know, like you don't have the burdens of the industry on you or something like that. I mean, you can literally explore, right? Um, and wrong. yeah, I mean, uh, again, vis-a-vis the audience uh, and how how that's being built over time. Like, uh, I I think audiences everywhere, India included, really like good stories which validate their experiences and you know give them something to think about people like that universally like uh, so I, I respectfully disagree with anyone who says that you know, the market doesn't exist here the market is there and uh, like as long as the people are interested in stories the market will be there mm-hmm. and for us as well like again like Isha said because like people are coming together people are like mm, I could make this It'll build, like, we, we needn't uh, confuse the success of an industry based on its scale. Mm-hmm. Like, it's yeah. it's okay if it, uh, if there are small films being made here and there, if it's okay if it comes out of a corner of a country and just plays at a couple of festivals and eventually goes online. That's also extremely valid and exciting. Mm-hmm. And as long as we think of it that way, it's extremely optimistic. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. What he said is so true because a lot of people in the industry will have this opinion of... Uh, audiences being really dumb mm-hmm. but then you're feeding them dumb content 
right. and like yeah. you're making them dumb and then saying hey you're dumb <laughs> so that's uh, yeah. yeah that's yeah. very counter I, I have extreme respect for uh, all audiences everywhere because they're just uh, like again it's it's like whenever you meet someone new like they have experiences that you can't fathom they've they have stories that you can't fathom but there again you're kind of going in as a person saying ki okay here's my story yeah. here's the story i want to tell and only if you're you're respectful enough to engage in a proper dialogue with your audience mm-hmm. that's when the magic happens you cannot invalidate the opinions mm-hmm. of a large audience you can't especially to people who are disdainful of so called mass cinema and so mm-hmm. on and so forth there there's something to be learned from that as well like in terms of like it it connects what about it connects so yeah, there was no audience <laughs> there would be no films right yeah, 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 for the mass by definition yeah. Yeah. that's that's lovely um uh, so we've had now yazawa uh, a manga artist based in tokyo japan on our show and she's worked on some really cool manga series which uh, many of which have been made into animes now like like isha was saying that the indian animation industry is not the same as the the japanese industry so um i'm cu- curious and we we've, we've started talking about this again uh, what are the what do you feel are the peculiarities of indian animation that you don't get you know elsewhere and and one of the things that i could think about and i'm not trying to say that this mm-hmm. is a peculiarity but you know like how do the many indian artistic traditions that have developed over centuries how do they feed into this new sort of art form that is that is developing and um, or if they don't yet uh, do you see ways in which they could potentially interact um with each other um i think the two are sort of uh, isolated uh, at least right now, right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. and people artists would use uh, local art forms or local styles as a i mean as a one time thing in their films saying you know oh let's uh, use this this style for this film because it works well okay. not as something that heavily influences someone's style mm-hmm. in, in, like in essence so not yet i don't think that is happening yet mm-hmm. the mixing of local art style because i feel like that working with local art styles or local uh, the the folk art that stops somewhere and i don't know how to put this in words but uh, a l- animation or illustration artists their style starts somewhere it's like there is mm-hmm. some gap there, there is a gap but there is a gap yeah. there and that gets filled when those artists decide to come back saying hey i could use this right, somewhere yeah. but it doesn't like essentially power what they're doing right like, yeah fuel yeah, the, the, the ramayana the film that was yeah. i think that was the japanese, japanese production i think by far it's still for me it's the best rendition of the the mythology yeah. and it's There's that another, was the um, the I, i watched it it was it was on arjuna from mahabharat yeah. Yeah. Right, 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 right yeah yeah right right yeah the 3d one or just one pandav chaudhary yeah okay yeah. no no the, the one i'm talking about is yeah, the, the japanese right yeah yeah it, 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 it was sure it was an anime yeah. style <laughs> like ramon's work was uh, yeah. yeah yeah so yeah i feel again japanese over there they are really proud about their language their culture and then their their mm-hmm. local storytelling which yes, which, which i think india should really be inspired mm-hmm. from and we should also do the same there are right. hundreds and thousands and millions of local stories that we 
which are untold. I mean, yeah. there is there's so much content. You mm-hmm. walk out on the road, there's so much content. Mm-hmm. And, and, and it's everywhere. Yeah. Style. So, yeah. Okay. Again, we, we have this treasure trove, and 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 uh, along with content, we have these you know yeah. artistic traditions which are there. Yeah. Um, it would be wonderful if they for could. sure. Uh, some, but sometimes, for example, just moving a little past just the visual mm-hmm. language of it, mm-hmm. uh, I I do sometimes feel that like just uh, you know taking a folk art style and, and of course if it's if it's from this part of the world it's folk art and not art. Mm-hmm. Uh, if mm-hmm. you uh, if you kind of just take those styles and just try to force it onto anything as a yeah. bit of an exotic novelty. Mm-hmm, yeah. That's when it fails. No, so, course, like, yes. if it if it grows organically out of the mm-hmm. space you're from, and yeah. then then it's better. Like as with most things, yes. like you can't just mm-hmm. borrow motives from mm-hmm. things that you don't own. Right. Uh, so, if you feel a solid sense of ownership over and belonging to something, great. Mm-hmm. So, for example, instead of you uh, trying to do the best possible approximation of a of a style, is it an interesting idea to let someone who actually does it come in and work? together mm-hmm. in in a way so when those collaborations yeah, begin collaboration correct here. correct yeah. that's yeah. that's much uh-huh. better and more than that like i think the peculiarities come from the fact that like again i think someone said earlier that, like there's just so much there's such a diversity of behavior and everything so if you if mm-hmm. like we have a partner in the studio shaheen he put out uh, the trailer of his film yesterday and it ends with this character just saying in in, <laughs> in malayalam now you just don't have that anywhere else and because he's yeah. tapping into like a very specific again something i was saying earlier like a sense of belonging a sense mm-hmm. of space only then do you get yeah even if you are not from kerala but the language of the film is uh, malayalam you still somehow connect i mean it yeah. feels because he's been honest own, about it yeah, like, it's very honest yeah. and yeah wonderful so uh, your partners at coast animation and you describe yourselves as and i'm quoting from your website a collective of, of animators artists and filmmakers from all over india based in kolkata brought together by a love of films and creation we're hugely excited by the potential and flavor of 2d animation and are always searching for stories to tell from home and beyond now that's quite a lovely description <laughs> so tell us about how ghost animation started and what was the objective and why did you decide to strike out on your um how do why did we decide to strike out on our own because and uh, how did it get started and what was the objective what was the goal behind it so uh, opamanyu and kalp and shaheen were our seniors and mm-hmm. margorev and i are from the same batch and these guys are our seniors mm-hmm. from college and uh, they are very i mean everyone lives together in the hostels and like you're always around each other so mm-hmm. um, and it is a presidential campus so yeah. like everybody knows everyone and it's a small community yeah it's uh-huh. a very small community so uh, any like uh, from sec our second year onwards like any time they had projects we would just like run to them and be like do you need any help we we here do you need any help <laughs> and, and yeah so we started working together and then after that slowly whenever there was some project either they would be like okay come come along you also mm-hmm. work on it or if we got something they would be like like we'd all just band together and work on it and our wavelengths matched and it just that's how it started initially and, and the, the objective from the beginning was to make films yeah, yeah to make 2d films we i mean all of us like 2d animation 
and, and it's just such a collaborative medium that you just have a better chance if you stick together. Yeah, like, you, you, know, you can do, do something alone. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, you can so many spend, friends, you can do it alone. Like, you can spend <laughs> five years or six years to make a feature film on your own, or you yeah. just like get people. And like it's yeah. And it, I think that even helps because everyone has different ideas. It's like a amalgamation of mm-hmm. a lot of new ideas, and it's 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 very healthy to sort of yeah you work in a space where there are a lot of people I mean I myself I cannot work in isolation mm-hmm. it just doesn't work mm-hmm. I either sleep off or I just don't yeah. I just shut down <laughs> so and yeah the objective like I said was to make our own films local films uh, which tells you local stories and to connect with the local audience like I mean, I've been using the word local a lot because I think that is Missing something which is very untapped and we really want to sort of tap it and sort of go with it mm-hmm. all the way say it even if it's a short film or an animated series feature films anything because I think there is a huge amount of content like I said earlier which is just there I mean yeah. it, you, why don't you just jump into it and just make it mm-hmm. It's, mm-hmm. it's and it's fresh and pe- once people connect it's good for them and us yeah. yes, because we've so. seen we've seen that animated series about generic boy with the generic dog who lives on the generic hill <laughs> so like yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. right so and uh, again this is building off of what you guys yeah. are talking about already uh, they, you know you describe yourselves as a collective and I'm really interested in this collaborative nature mm-hmm. of uh, of the work I mean filmmaking is inherently a collaborative process yeah. uh, and I can well imagine that for such a labor intensive um, art form as animation you I mean the best situation would be to have like all hands on deck yeah. right? like you were saying so um, I'm curious as to how this process of collaborative work looks like at Ghost Animation and um because you all have such different styles. I mean, how do you bring all of that together? And what does it look like to really work as a collective? Um, and what does that, being a collective, bring to the table? I think, like you said, each one of us has our own uh, specific style. And the good part is that each one of us can also sort of... Uh, we, we are able to work in each other's styles as well. So, say, uh, I think which that's came up, key. Which came about over time. Yeah. To be honest. Like, it doesn't work out the first time, but then... Yeah. You slowly will, yeah. like, settle into and it's, it. Yeah, yeah, it's really nice to put out variety there because every video and project we do is very different. Mm-hmm. I mean, not, all of them don't look the same. So, yeah. I think when a project comes in or a film that we start do uh, making, uh, we, I mean, one person sort of... Directs it. Sort of directs it and then we all sort of band together and uh, someone art directs it (laughs) and then we adapt to that style and make something new. For me, if I sort of work on her film uh, or another uh, another partner's film, I am, like it amazes me that I am able to adapt to that and something new has come out, Mm -hmm. which I've never done before, which is also amazing. Mm -hmm. So it's it's really nice to work in different styles continuously and keep exploring yeah. new things. And, and that we all have different styles, I think, has led to this idea that we don't need to commit to a homogeneous hmm. kind yeah. of output at all. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, it it, uh, it doesn't make us lose any sleep that, oh no, this project doesn't look anything like the last one. Mm-hmm. Good. Yeah. So we can, we can live with thing. that. And, yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's what we're aiming to do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And like, we grow with every project we learn where we are falling short or what we are doing well and then we apply that in the next project and 
we've just been fine tuning this process yeah, yeah. over the last couple of years you know like the mm-hmm. first project that we probably did together everyone was like eh what's happening <laughs> yeah. yeah but then by now it's pretty straightforward and for me personally i mean it, it's being in a room with five other extremely mm-hmm. extremely inspirational creators so like mm-hmm. that kind of just makes you up your game yeah. in yeah. a way yeah. and by itself so Yeah, it's so inspiring to sit with everyone. Mm-hmm. And like there'd be days when you don't feel like doing anything, or then you come to the studio and everyone's at it, like just going. And you're like, okay, fine, let me do something <laughs> to get to work. Then, uh, then like you, you, you know, we've been collaborating over the years, and then like you know, it kind of has to work out the first time and the second time. and the third time and then you decide okay maybe we can do something bigger together and you kind of just build on this like uh, mutual comfort and trust in, in in order to take on something and then you decide to start owning things mm-hmm. as well like let, let's say a space let's say uh, you you know space is important like when you actually take that first office and then you're like okay we all feel like we own something mm-hmm. in terms of so that and once you do that i think your work instantly goes to another level because like you all feel like you're a part of something and not just like you know a right tag by it ship building something together uh-huh. so right so so you guys have talked about animated shots as being produced in a range of visual languages now i'm really curious about this phrase visual languages what does that mean um, just different i think the i mean the only example i can think of is comparing the film two films that you're making mm-hmm. you're making like four films at the mm-hmm. moment in the studio mm-hmm. and comparing each one's style visual style it's drastically different from each other like wade is so intricate and so labor intensive and like every single hair strand mm-hmm. is being drawn and then on the other hand there's my film which is which i'm painting on paper in ink Mm-hmm. every frame is being hand painted and there's a lot of texture but not and it's not as realistic it's more expressive mm-hmm. and uh, yeah so i'm sticking to my traditional tools and then there's shaheen's film which is being done entirely using open source softwares and he's using very uh, rough and broken and very free lines and it's a uh, Yeah, I mean, I, I, you'd have to see think, for me to explain yeah. this. No, no, no. I think uh, that was that yeah, was really. Yeah, I think everyone's film reflects their own personality. Honestly, in a way, yeah. Because yeah. it's like Shaheen's film is so him, her film is so hers, <laughs> and it's it's yeah, you right. get that difference. But to but to generalize it to a broader uh, as to why we why the term language would be used, like language in general would just be a code where you use different components and variables yeah. to signify something. Right. Yeah. So similarly for us, uh, variables include. the quality of the lens the tool used to make the lens mm-hmm. the colors is it black and white is it not black is, mm-hmm. is it full color does it have a few colors does it have more colors and now each of these variables and each of these scales can put it on a different spectrum of meaning mm-hmm. in terms yes. just just like certain words can even if they mean the same thing right yeah but your choice of using that particular word instead of another mm-hmm. word can alter meaning and therefore alter reaction to right. it right that's what we try to do like we try to permute, like you know you combine uh, different like you know different proportions in your character for mm-hmm. example you can make your audience feel a certain way about mm-hmm. your character yeah. that's 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 why i think the correlation to language is mm-hmm. used like the yeah. analogy with language is used in that because it's again it's something you it can is, yeah, compose yeah. Mm-hmm. 
as effectively as you can a sentence. Like so. animation is our language. Yeah. The right. grammar stays the same, mm-hmm. but how we use it and mm-hmm. yeah. compose. Also, also, I'm, I'm sure that the content kind of influences the language and then the language. Definitely, like definitely. For sure. So for sure. Yeah. As with yeah. all yeah. literature. Yeah, yeah. Wade, sure. If you look at Wade, it's, we have been making that in a very uh, like a 4 to 3 ratio, which used to be done. Mm-hmm. Now it's all widescreen. And like it's a boxy kind of... To, yeah, sort of give the audience a very claustrophobic feel and like... Because you don't have edges to the frame. So okay. like everything yeah, is, yeah. is contained in the middle of your screen. And and okay. so just basically to make the audience uncomfortable. Because right. that's what climate change is about. It's really uncomfortable. If it happens, it's horrific. So every idea can be condensed into abstracts like mm-hmm. this. Like yeah. it can reflect in, for example, line quality. Or if you start talking about film language, it can reflect in the length of your edit. It can reflect in... The pacing, yeah. The everything, pacing, exactly, yeah. yeah. No, that was wonderfully explained. Um, okay, so I'm really eager now to talk about two projects in particular, Kinara, which was commissioned by the Wildlife Trust of India, and Wade, because uh, you've already spoken quite a bit about it, uh, a short film on on climate change and its con- and its consequences, uh, which is currently a work in progress. So uh, let's talk about Kinara first. Tell us briefly about the film and the idea behind it. I'm curious because it's it was it was a commissioned work. Um, yeah. Yeah. So tell us about it. Yeah, so I think the the Wildlife Trust of India got in touch with us after we put out the first trailer of Wade, and uh, they I think there's so much animation to do with tigers. I think that's one of the reasons they were like, okay, these guys animate tigers, so why not get in touch with them? Mm -hmm. The tiger people. Yeah, the tiger people. (laughs) Like, I think this is like my third or fourth project with tigers. (laughs) So yeah. So I think yeah, when they got in, yeah, yeah, yeah. I oh, think yeah. when they got in touch with us about this, we were really excited about this because yeah. this is something we have been always wanted to do. Mm-hmm. And uh, they sort of came to Calcutta, and uh, we had a little meeting with them, and they explained to us the conflict that has been going on in the Tadova Tiger Reserve, mm-hmm. and we were on board instantly. I mean, it was really exciting, and it was. Like we, like I've said, we want to make content for the local people. So this film was initially, it is, it was meant for the villagers that live around and in the Tadoba Tiger Reserve. Oh, that's It was so meant for them. So basically... So you had them as the audience? Yes, 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 yes. So unfortunately, we weren't able to travel there. But mm-hmm. uh, the, the people who we sort of were in touch with, they sent us a lot of footage, a lot of uh, recordings lot of images a, a lot of, and a lot of personal testimonies yeah, from yeah. there because from again the like when you have people interacting with wildlife uh, especially when they have stakes in the forest directly mm-hmm. like uh, as opposed to let's say we we have the comfort of saying you know you should be nice to animals and so on and so forth yeah. but if but in that uncomfortable area where animals and their actions start getting in the way of your livelihood so it's a, it's important to understand that from a non-judgmental perspective. Like right. you have to put yourself there and be like, if I were in that position, maybe I would hate tigers too. Mm-hmm. And it is it is uncomfortable. People will call it wrong, immoral, so on and so forth. But I I think you can only make a good film, effective film on the subject if you like drop that idea for a second. And again, like so, the testimonies that they mm-hmm. sent from yeah. the forest over there as to okay, no, this is what they do. Mm-hmm. This is what we try to do. This is what the tigers do. Uh, we have to do this because otherwise the tigers will do this. Right. Like so, it's a very you know that's that's the reality they live with, and uh, you have to respect it. Again. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
gets bigger mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and the, the 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 discourse on it just gets louder and louder and louder and that's when you can hope to so you, i mean we're very cognizant of the fact that like we will scare a few people but mm-hmm. then largely what we're doing is we're putting this film on a on the climate change discourse pile mm-hmm. and that's that's all we can hope to do but that i feel that's quite uh it's step worth in the right it. direction yeah. Right? So, yeah the film mm-hmm. may not do anything or change anything but it's that hope that it will right. change something in someone mm-hmm. out there. So. Yeah. And again, going back to uh, the idea of the local, right? I mean, uh, when I saw the short clip that you have on your website, it, it's really very striking to see this familiar place of Kolkata, which is like my hometown, yeah, yeah, yeah. being turned into this completely alien and unrecognizable uh, space where instead of white in your cats you know yeah. you have these big cats yeah, <laughs> just, I just, scared you yeah I mean too, I mean yeah. I love tigers so I wasn't that scared I was like oh that would be wonderful but then you know you see you see the the sea creeping in and that's yeah. not so great um so again uh, that that kind of I think goes back to that visual language that we were talking about mm-hmm. earlier about you know like how do you tell the story of this yeah. insidious creep of of climate change that people are either you know, they know about but they are willingly blind towards mm-hmm. but then you see it right and um, you know there's that story there that, that needs to be told um, yeah, and we were shown. hoping it to, honestly we were hoping that it is as familiar an environment as possible because mm-hmm. again you don't want people to think of it as science fiction yeah. yeah you want people to think of it as tangible probability right yes like instead of uh, so we we tried not to alter the city very much mm-hmm. there's no uh, no sci-fi tropes there no big buildings nothing it's exactly as is so yeah but then it's still like but changed into this uncanny then, yeah. space yeah. where yes, yes. you have yeah. tigers and the sea that has changed it completely For and sure. that's that's mm-hmm. kind of like you know it is frightening really <laughs> um so um so okay so that was wonderful to to hear about Wade um So where do you see yourselves now um, going in the near future like what goals and visions do you have both for yourselves and for animation in India like you know just dream grand or you know it's a big question <laughs> yeah it's a loaded question 
Hmm. I think we're just uh, focusing on getting our work out there and not thinking about uh, what it's going to do so much as much as just focusing on getting it out or just finishing it at least personally I just want to make content and put it out there Mm -hmm. because what happens to the content once it's out there is not in your hands it's there (laughs) you've Mm -hmm. done your bit so I think uh, I'm just uh, happy that we're in a space right now space and time where we are able to do what we love and we're able to day in and day out just go and do things that we enjoy so much Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and yeah I hope five years down the line I'm going to keep doing something that I love and continues and grows I don't think I can hope for anything more (laughs) than that because that's not in my hands right yeah but yeah Yeah, I just hope people are more open to this medium and they are Mm -hmm. sort of they sort of welcome this not as a like a, a cartoon but a film like any other film Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe a short format or a feature film and eventually say in, specifically in India I mean people <laughs> sort of just I mean open up and I mean I don't want to use the word fund but like fund and sort of become <laughs> patrons and like at least know because it's, it's happening <laughs> yeah it's happening in other countries and this I mean the government really helps right so everywhere I mean yeah and true. I am just hoping honest films that we are trying to make helps with that mm-hmm. eventually Agreed. so it just opens up everything and more people can do it easily right. yeah. So. Mm-hmm. yeah the same I mean uh, I think when you start small uh, as we have like where you make your little films out of a little space at least more people who would like to do the same thing can think yeah, you know, okay this is not so bad mm-hmm. and uh and it doesn't have to be, you know, the full floor office. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't have to be a hugely funded. It can start small, but then what you have is the more people that end up doing it, making their own little clusters of people they're comfortable with, mm. uh, making their own little, like, one-minute-long film, is that you have more stories being told. And that's always, 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 always a good thing. Mm-hmm. So, uh, I mean, yes, sure, on a personal level, I would like to... There are a couple of more short films I'd like to make. Then there's a full-length film that I do want to make. All that is great. But uh, largely, I have to, at all points, see it as a part of something else, which is just like the storytelling community in the country as a whole. And because there's so much to be told over here, like, I mean, I'm pretty optimistic about it. Yeah, I mean, the young people, the children in our country, they need to be told that animation is something that is a real medium so right. don't just sort of like the, I mean the parents are here responsible and they need to not let their children just watch something yeah, and just you're supposed to be really good at drawing yeah. but till class 10 like, yeah, 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 yeah I mean like whether it's drawing or whether it's if, if people want to express themselves through music through dance through writing through mm-hmm. whatever it is like a lot more work needs to be made here mm-hmm. so that yeah. Which I think is happening now. I mean, you do see a lot more people For confidently sure. Sure. putting their work out and just mm-hmm. doing what they love. And yeah. we're just here as a part of that wave. Mm-hmm. Or, yeah, uh, you know, For sure. Just we're like. just like with <laughs> that, riding that wave. Yeah. And, uh, uh, yeah. yeah. We just want to keep that momentum going and 
just have more and more content being built and mm-hmm. collaborate with people and make our own films mm-hmm. and yeah just keep doing this i guess <laughs> yeah travel and read travel and, of course yeah. do a lot of research of yeah uh-huh. no that's all that's that, that's wonderful um so this is a question that we ask all our guests do you have any reading or viewing recommendations for our um listeners we've got so many <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean i mean at the rate at which we watch short films it's uh, or anything it's just content <laughs> So one film that has stuck with me is the river. The river. Yeah. The rings. Hmm. Who is it by? He's Sion. I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing it right. He's Sion Kim. Yeah. She's a Korean yeah. filmmaker. Okay. And it's a short animated uh, 2D film called The River. Okay. So if the viewers, I mean the listeners, can find that online. Yeah. This so year in particular, I was uh, completely blown away by an animated short film called Weekends. Mm. which was oh exceptional which was exceptional uh, weekends uh, by Trevor Jimenez you can you can have a look at that uh, short films are, are it's too a, many yeah, yeah that's, that's just, the problem uh, it's, a, it's a few too many maybe let's just have like you a couple them, more like as, as links underneath maybe like <laughs> yeah. you, can, you can like give you a full list of links if you like but <laughs> Yeah, we could I mean, definitely include uh, that. Yeah. yeah, I mean, this when we started the collective, we used to look at uh, this. We were inspired heavily by this uh, late night work club, which oh, is yeah. a yeah. which is a collective in London where they sort of uh, work by the day and uh, sort of make their films by the night. Okay. So they these animators and filmmakers collaborate uh, remotely. Mm-hmm. They're not all in the same place. and out of that the the first series the first anthology of film was ghost stories <laughs> so i think the one that stuck to me was phantom <laughs> limb yeah, yeah, yeah by alex greek okay that was a really nice short film called mm-hmm. phantom limb that i still watch it again and again okay i'm so, going to yeah. i'm going to watch all of them i mean there are some of these contemporary studios like uh, golden wolf and the line and who keep putting out insane work and i think <laughs> just looking at what they are doing and uh, there are independent creators uh, for example like dahi jiong from korea uh, she uh, she made a very good film uh, the year i think 2014 called uh, man on the chair so she she tends to go for a more abstract kind of a mode of storytelling uh, there's a there's a filmmaker i've worked with a couple of times uh, she's working on her feature film currently isabel herguera Yeah. And she has uh, exceptional short films which are animated with ink and bleach, so completely different approach, uh, including Amar, Black Box, uh, films like that, which you can find on her Vimeo. And I'm going to end my list with my favorite animated short film of all time, The Cat Came Back. Uh, it was a, it was a, The Cat Came Back and The Big Snit. I think both mm-hmm. of them are uh, National Film Board Canada products. Mm-hmm. exceptionally funny and uh, will def- they're, they're long watches but they'll be worth your time so for sure yeah i would definitely watch yeah. them <laughs> yeah thank you so much for joining us it's been absolutely wonderful having you guys on the show Likewise. um yeah. can our listeners get in touch with you if uh, if they want to or if they have questions sure. how do they how do they do that so our email is uh, ghostanimationindia@gmail.com yeah, it's uh, on our website It's on our yeah. website, which is www.ghostanimation.in, and do yeah. subscribe. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, you can find us on Instagram, We'd love or to hear Facebook, from you. Or yeah, yeah, anywhere. Yeah, 
That's great. Um, and thanks to our listeners. For those of you who want more information or would like to subscribe to our podcast channel, please visit our website at www.circulatingspaces.com. Thanks for listening, everyone.